Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have dry bars. Balls so dry. They explode like dust. Suck my balls. Suck my balls. You must suck my golf balls. Mommy. Yes? Suck my balls. You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Suck my balls. Sorry, I'm different, but you can just suck my clit and my balls. You know what? You know what? That one. <laughs> suck my clit and balls. I don't have to suck your balls. Before this day is over, you will suck my balls. Suck my balls, fat ass. I will. I will suck your balls, cow. And I will get down on my knee and I will suck your balls. I'll suck them drag, cow. Suck my balls, cow. Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh, but you can suck my fat, hairy balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt balls. What is that? It's my balls. Not get it, Carmen. How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was. How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Carson? Holy shit, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. That's right. We're back on video for another edition. <laughs> balls. Suck my balls. A South Park review. Where each and every week, I am joined by two blokes. <laughs> to use some British terminology. As we break down South Park episodes in linear fashion. This week, we've got a guest which is why we decided to go ahead and give you the video version. Because, I mean, this guy is a superstar in his own right from across the pond. He stirs up the controversy or he stirs up the love, as everyone's got something to say when this guy tweets it out from all above. So kicking it off first with our guest, all the way from across the pond. It's nighttime there for him, boys, as our morning's just getting started. And he is a British person, Mr. Joe Atherton. <clears throat> Hello, I am a British person. You're the British person. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. We appreciate you having you here. Absolutely no problem. Absolutely honour and privilege, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I of course, Joe said something in the Discord to me a couple months ago. He was like, "How could you not give me a shout out when you were doing the Timmy episode?" And I just want to apologize, Joe, to your face. I just didn't want to be cliche and be like, "Oh, in that regard," be like, "Oh, Joe's in a wheelchair." It's- <laughs> Joe, Will, well, but, you know, I am living a lie. <laughs> but I like I figured I'd be the cliche for the British thing, because, you know, that's the American thing to do over here. Others, we make fun of other cultures or we disagree with other cultures and then we talk about them in a satire type of way. Uh, you know, I'm sure you could give us more insight in a broader uh, comedy spectrum if that's what's done over in the UK. But. Tell us, as we like to ask every guest, what got you into South Park? Um, it's almost weird to think that South Park's like 20-odd years old now. Um, I just remember watching it as a kid and thinking, 
this is not like any other animation I've ever seen before because at the time it wasn't. I suppose at the time the only thing you could compare it to was probably Beavis and Butthead on MTV, um, back when MTV used to play music. Uh, but it was just, it just stood out from the crowd and with me being like in my late teens when it was on the, the crass Toilet humour really appealed to my sensibilities. And, yeah, I think since its humble beginnings, it's really evolved into some really great biting satire on today's society. Sorry if that went a little bit too beat deep. No, no that was that's great. awesome. That was a, gr- yeah, that was a great start. On, that was a great start here. And now uh, we're going like, to top that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to top that. That was good. It's a great segue as well, because I was going to say I wanted to kind of kick off with a question first before, of course, introducing my uh, co-host. First off, this guy is obviously, as you can see here on video, choking up a big fat rip as he likes to get ripped each and every morning when he hits those dumbbells. He's jacked. He's stacked. And he's ready to give you a South Park attack, ladies and gentlemen. Jackson, what is going on today, my fellow brother? I know I was gonna I was gonna delay for a little. I was going to say, Scoop, you're a, a great commodity here on the podcast. We're always happy to have you here. We love you. And he's sporting some nice, fresh threads from our sponsors, the Big Boys Club. Com. Anyway, we'll, we'll plug it here throughout the podcast. But, Scoop, welcome back to your show. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How about you guys? I'm excited to talk to you. Not so much excited to break down this episode, as I realized as I was watching it the first time, I'm going to have to watch it again to put the clips in. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Yeah, I know. But also coming from just down the road from me, I think you're only like nine miles away. He lives in the gangster side of Colorado, the gangster side, Westminster, throw him up if you see him. (laughs) <laughs> dirty, 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 Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> Vernola! What's sweet? And, and there's and there's like a bunch of people. Well, may anyone listening to this from the Colorado area right now? And I know there are quite a bit. Are like Westminster's not gangster at all. I know that's why it's funny. I know, oh, yeah. and like. Westminster, and it's like east of town, so like I don't even know how it's Westminster when it's east. I don't know. It's because like when they made the map, they were looking at it the other way, so they were like Westminster, and then they were like, "Oh shit, it's on the east side." Though I don't know. They still had that altitude sickness. Take me down, down, down. All right, guys, this is suck my balls, episode number sixty-five. Season four, episode number 14, titled Pip. And it's a play, of course, on the great expectations. Oh, my God, God, God. This is a hard one, guys. This is a hard one to review because I don't like this episode. It's um, it's poor. It's 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 not funny at times. 
I don't have enough emotional investment into the character. And I get that's what they're trying to do. But when you do it in a way that's targeted toward American audiences by showing me a very classic novel, it was like, what, for the 1800s? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not I'm not on board, and Pip is not a strong enough character to do so. It's not going to be like in next season when we get Butters when he gets his very own episode. That's a pretty strong fucking episode as an individual arc. So I get what they were trying to do here by spinning off South Park classics, giving characters some more development, and maybe there can be a case to be made that you know there's some talks behind the scene where they were trying to you know get additional content out of Matt Stone and Trey Parker. So maybe they made this on purpose. To be like a fuck you to comedy essentially. We're not gonna do this. Who knows? But we'll talk about everything here in the South Park. Pip is the 14th episode of season four and the 62nd episode of the series overall. We were on November the 29th of 2000, which probably would have been November 30th for you, the British person there, Joe, uh, when Pip is offered the opportunity to become a gentle man that goes to London, only to discover that Miss Havisham has a plan. Havisham, I'm sorry, has a plan to break his heart. Joe, did you ever read this classic title as a adolescent or a high school or what is it, the university or however you guys do school over there? Yeah, we, we go from like <clears throat> primary school, which is like aged four to 11, then age 11 to age 16, you go to secondary school or high school, which is basically what, what you guys call it. Um we did like read classic literature for English in high school, but it was more like the real classics, like Shakespeare. Like we did Macbeth and shit like that. Charles Dickens is more, <clears throat> I wouldn't say frowned upon because obviously he's like mm. one of the most world famous literature dudes going authors. That's the word I was searching for. Uh, but yeah. Um, we didn't do it, but I know some schools that did. And and getting back to this particular episode, you say that Pip isn't that strong a character. Did this come out after the uh, South Park bigger, longer, uncut movie? It How did. better would this film have been if instead of Pip, it was Gregory from Yardale? It should have been Gregory from Yardale. You're right. Why wasn't it fucking Gregory from Yardale? That would have made more sense to me. They totally killed off Gregory. Fuck Gregory in the ass or right in the ear, as Wendy says at the end of the movie. But still, why didn't – why did they ditch Gregory? That's a good point. That's a good point, Joe. Do you – I mean, as far as from your side of culture, you know, know, being in England, the British culture, if you will, is – a guy like Charles Dickens, I mean, is there a lot of pride in these types of different English literature that's uh, become such a worldwide phenomenon? Um, I suppose. I mean, as far as exports from the UK go, I wouldn't put Charles Dickens <laughs> right at the top. Or okay. like, I'd say William Shakespeare is far more important of course. from an author or playwright perspective, but like as far as exports, I mean, I'd have Dickens above fucking James Corden. <laughs> you don't want to yeah, jump in he, karaoke. You don't want to jump in a car and sing karaoke with him. He so. can fucking keep that fat cunt. Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> He's your problem now, guys. <laughs> 
Hey, you gave us John Oliver too. So like it's tit for tat, you know, we got to take the good and the bad. You know what I mean? So it's kind of how things roll. Well, yeah, I mean, the great, let's, let's have it right. I mean, we've invented a lot of great things. Uh, the television was invented by a Scotsman. Uh, we invented slavery, obviously, oh, uh, trying to colonize the entire world, um, which when you are a place that's about a quarter of the size of Florida, probably not the best idea, but hey-ho, we tried. Um, we gave you the Beatles, you know, so uh, varied success rates on, on exports. I'd say 50-50. Dickens, if you were going to do one of them internet tier gimmicks, you know, them tier lists, mm-hmm. you'd probably be on B, you know, not quite God tier, but I'd, I'd probably put Dickens up on B. Um, Joe, since uh, Ian is a big boy's up right now, uh, and you're always fresh, do you feel like this was a top, um, I don't know, literature for you growing up, or did you like this book growing up at all? Um, no, I was never really a fan of Dickens. Uh, it always Dickens. came off, it, he always came off really dry to me. A Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, all that. It was more being forced to read it in high school and then again a little bit in college um christmas carol slapped though yeah that's about his highlight yeah like but even then like when uh, when the crowning achievement is a story that was then picked up by the muppets you know (laughs) I don't know how high your uh, accomplishments, but <laughs> speaking of the Muppets, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Scoop, just to, to get, let me get your thoughts here. Did you ever read Charles Dickens or did you ever enjoy Charles Dickens? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you did not enjoy Charles Dickens. Yeah, that guess would be correct. I, did not, <laughs> I, I was forced to read it in school and for classes. Uh, I'd rather read um, what's it? Uh, fuck. <sighs> F. Scott Fitzgerald, Charles R. Or- Orwell. But in Steinbeck of Mice and Men. Yeah. Yeah, some Steinbeck. Oh, fuck. I, forget. I can't. We just, we said him too. I don't know why I can't think of him right now. Shakespeare? Uh, Shakespeare. Fuck. I'd rather read Shakespeare than Dixon, Dickens. And Shakespeare's not easy to read. <laughs> Shakespeare is can be very challenging, um, and that could be another conversation for itself. But in regards to Dickens, I, I tend to agree with you guys. I was never a big fan of Charles Dickens himself, and I think here we also have the societal nature of Americans that where we don't like to be told what to do. So when you're in school and someone makes us read a, sh- a book that we find to be dry, and we have to read it, and we got to write a report on it, and then we're graded on it, and it becomes part of your quarterly grade that affects you. You're like. Fuck you, Dickens. Like, why do I got to read your shit, you know? So I think there's also a little bit of that uh, American side to it. So let's talk about the episode a little bit. We're going to try to do our best to the listeners as you you guys are listening to break this down as best as we can in, an, in a riveting fashion. However, we do have Joe Harris. We'd like to get his thoughts on different things, too, because whenever we have guests, obviously, you know, it's not just about us. We, we have the guests here to give his perspective. But the episode opens up as you guys – Talked about at length before we started uh, with a British person. Ah, Dickens. The imagery of cobblestone streets, craggy London buildings, and nutmeg-filled Yorkshire puddings. Hello, I'm a British person. Uh, As he opens the episode by discussing classic English literature, 
And of course, in particular, Charles Dickens. Now, Charles Dickens uh, noted, uh, Joe noted here, lived from 1812 until 1870. Of course, before, before realizing that the character Pip from the show is also Pip from the Dickens novel Great Expectations. And that is, of course, what McDowell is going to be narrating throughout this episode. Now, he highlights, of course, that it's going to be a Cliff Notes version, right? Tell your friends, uh, you haven't seen this episode, sit on down. And by the end of this episode, you're going to get the greatest Cliff Notes version ever of the Great Expectations. Now, he says, like, join us and by the end, you'll feel as if you have read the Cliff Notes yourself or something like that. It's not, I mean, uh, just every time I I think about this this episode, Gives me a knot in my stomach. But the story opens up with Pip. Pip Perip, by the way, that's his full name. Pip Perip. Uh, making his way to visit his parents' graves. Um, and while he's there, he's threatened by an escaped convict. What are you doing here, you little wibbersham? Oh, hello. Why, you look like an escaped convict. Did we breaky wakeys out of prison? Oh, dear. Put your shackle. Here, let me help you. What are you doing with those? I'm an apprentice blacksmith. There you are. And here's a sandwich. You must be starving. Yeah. Why are you so easy to help me? Well, it's not for me to judge you, sir. We are all the same. Now, this escaped convict has got like a a messed up eye and in the way they draw British characters in this episode, Joe, is would this was this accurate? The portrayal of British animation, would you say? Uh, I think it's just accurate, um, a p- accurate portrayal of British people. We're not like <laughs> the most aesthetically pleasing people in the world. I mean, if I smile, look at the look at the fucking state of them teeth. You see, it's not a stereotype. We we all have crooked teeth. Um, my nose is slightly off center, as you can probably see. Um, I I wear glasses because my eyes are, yeah, I'm fucking blind as a bat. Um, yeah, British people are not the best-looking people. Obviously, you have your exceptions to the rule, like David Beckham, the handsome bastard. Um, but apart from that, yeah, as a race, we're, we're not the most attractive. So I think what Matt and Trey uh, are trying to portray there is actual a accurate representation of our hideousness. <laughs> well, I would say I've met a lot of beautiful uh, British girls, but then as nah, you, you've been catfish, dude. Hold on, hold on. I was going to say, but then as you mentioned, they open their mouth and talk, and uh, some of them don't have the best voices or the best hygiene. So um, we'll we'll leave it there, um, or the best personalities. They they can have some very weird, interesting personalities. My uncle actually married into uh, he married a woman that was uh, British. Um, her father is a Grammy award-winning music producer uh, over in there, and, that, and like her, I, I probably could tell you the name if I figured it out here. Uh, it's not important, but she—if I told you the name, Joe, you'd probably know because apparently her family is pretty big over in that side of the world for in the UK. And I don't know, but anyway, so she works for Disney now. Uh, they're no longer together, but uh, that was probably my only uh, expose, or uh, you know, to. British people, but she was already really over here. You know what I mean? Accustomed to U.S. Uh, whatever you want to say, our own cultures and ways and stupid bullshit where we take things and then make them American, homogenized. It's not French fries anymore. It's freedom fries. Anyway, uh, 
<laughs> so Pip assists this convict, as I mentioned, by freeing him from the handcuffs. And Pip returns to his sister's home where her husband, Joe, reads an advertisement placed by Miss Havisham, who's looking for a playmate for her daughter. So we can talk about some of the characters here. We've got the cranky old uh, older sisters that with Pip as, as mm-hmm. I noted there. P- cranky old uh, British older sister. And apparently her husband who I it's they don't really make that clear, but I guess they are together, right? Yeah. Because uh, what is it? I'm just a simple blacksmith. He seems very uh, confused on what women are about. Mm-hmm. I still think that with the vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep to my own ironing over here. And, so and like, like I, I love how at the graveyard, well, not love, but Pip is like, Oh yeah, sister still beats me daily. <laughs> and like he's so upbeat about it. There's I probably times, yeah. There's a couple times throughout this episode where he notes his, his like he's accepting of being abused, right? And I guess I, I did pass over. He lets the convict go. And the convict's like, "Why are you being so nice to me?" And he's like, "Cause I see you as a regular person, and I treat everybody the same." And uh, 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 blah, 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 whatever. So uh, lovey dovey bullshit. And and that's foreshadowing. <laughs> wink, wink. Of what's going to happen hippie. later? Fucking hippie. Uh, that's me. Anyway, so Pip, um, I guess, is told he needs to get a job here. So I'm a little confused. If he's a simple blacksmith, why don't they just sell the shit? Like, is he, is he not good at making his stuff there, Joe Atherton? In you know, is are black? Is there still blacksmiths going on? Is that a still high? Come on, no, no, no. Um, and imagine most stuff that blacksmith makes is now made in steelworks. You still obviously have steelworks, especially in the north of England where I live. But no, I think blacksmiths kind of went out in the uh, the nineteenth century. You don't think there's any in your maybe your farmland areas or something like that? Maybe I mean, there might be like specific people that make you know uh i'm trying to search for the net shoes for horses okay whatever they're called i've totally lost the word which is i don't know very frustrating horseshoe that's what they're called horses horses. i'm sure they've got a specific name but i can't remember yeah but in america we call horseshoes because you throw them around a giant metal pole apart from that i can't imagine much need for a blacksmith in the 21st century. I've always wanted to do something like that. Joe, have you ever visited, besides going to a Renaissance fair, have you ever visited a real blacksmith? <laughs> eh? Yeah, Joe. No, no. 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 Joe. no. JT, Dirty J. <laughs> the J nice. There used to be, um, in the north of England, uh, a theme park by, um, called Camelot. And, and it was literally like... Camelot, it, it had you'd be walking around and out of nowhere knights would suddenly appear and start having a fight and you'd have like a blacksmith like making stuff and they'd be like glass blowers and shit and they'd nice. be like roller coasters and there'd be like a matinee jousting tournament every two hours which was pretty dope but yeah that's the only place in my life I've ever seen a blacksmith Time about time about time about time about time about time about ski. Who is truly 
Sporting and thwarting that big boy's look right there. Look at that. Hold up your shirt and smile for me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Big boys. Check it out. Bigboysclub.com. Scoop, did you ever visit a blacksmith? I mean, you're more of the religious sense, and I know that sometimes they maybe do more simpler things. Did, did you ever go to a blacksmith? Uh, I have a cousin that's a blacksmith. Oh! Makes knives and shit. Really? Yeah. Have you ever seen him do it in person? Been around the fire? Forged in fire? When I was really, really, really young, I want to say maybe seven or eight. He lives up in Utah. We went up there and he lives on a huge farm. Imagine that. Utah. Utah. And um, they've got horses and stuff. So, yeah. You make They make their own horseshoes and shit. So he started making knives too. I mean, oh, it's not, crazy. it's not cool. It's like, it's hot. It's loud. It's obnoxious. I mean, well, I hear it at the Renaissance fair when you're walking by and you hear the clank, 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 ring. <laughs> I don't know. It's more like, that... you know, like a, a black, black, real blacksmith. It's more like, because they use that oh. machine now. Oh, okay. So they're not like doing it old. He's not doing it old school anymore. With just like, no, he's got style. I mean, he can he can do that with a hammer and stuff, but he's got all the machinery where he doesn't need it. Okay, all right. Well, uh, that was great. I liked how we deviated away from that, but it built up to scoop. Actually, knowing a blacksmith, Joe, do you have something else to say, Mister JV, before we move on? I mean, I do have I do know a couple people that work at a forge, but like what Joe was describing sounds like the Excalibur Casino in Vegas, just without yes. the hookers and gambling. Nice. Yes. Like it sounded. <laughs> Like, depending on your stance on hookers and gambling, it sounded either better or worse. But, like, now I kind of want to go to this Camelot in North England. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's closed. Oh. For COVID or permanently? It closed about 10 years ago, unfortunately. Oh. Fuck you, economy. Oh. Fuck you, economy. Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to say the same thing, too, because what you were describing, Joe, sounds like a, a chain here. Well, not a chain, but at one point in time, they were bigger and a bigger chain, uh, and that being Excalibur. Now they're just, what, like centrally located in Vegas and maybe a couple other cities? Jamie? Oh, yeah. Well, mid medieval times is kind of the same thing. There's one in Cali, and there's one – I think there's still Arizona. one at, like, Arizona Mills. Yeah, the Renaissance uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. There was one in Washington, too. It got canceled last year because of the COVID one. I was going to go to that. I was excited because usually you can find really cool things at the Renaissance Fair. Like, I found a saxophone, a wooden saxophone in the key of G. It was pretty oh. cool. It was, like, it was pretty cool. Well, getting back to this, again, we've deviated long enough from the Pip story. Let's get back into the story. As we mentioned, Pip is uh, told to go get a job by his cranky old sister, and by the blacksmith, who, by the way, invents jobs, apparently, because he just made the newspaper. And then all of a sudden, there's a job in the <laughs> newspaper. <Yeah. laughs> right. Oh, look here. I've gone and made a metal newspaper. Shut up, you silly nut. What the hell are we supposed to do with a metal newspaper? Well, for starters, we can look in the wanted and see if we can find Pip a job. <laughs> I just know. I thought that was funny. Now, I mean, if he had, like, I guess... 
I guess obviously I'm, I'm overthinking it. He could, you could make the argument. Well, he probably modeled it after, right? But still, um, that was pretty funny. So uh, after Pip gets instructions from his, uh, I guess you might say uncle, I guess what we'll consider him then if it's her brother's husband, um, she, uh, Pip is instructed to go be a playmate for Miss Havisham's daughter, as Miss Havisham's daughter is willing to pay 20 quid. Is that what, you, is that what, was that what it was, Joe? Yeah, 20 quid. Quid is slang for pounds. Okay. Okay. It's the equivalent of books and dollars. <laughs> Got such See, weird. This is quid. this is a very educational um, podcast you get in this. It week. is for us. It's great. We appreciate it. We're stoners and we live. Yeah, we're, we're white guy stoners in America. I mean, this is <laughs> excellent. Twenty bucks a day back then was fucking raking it in. Like, yeah, I'd I, imagine I, back in the eighteen hundreds, it'd probably be like. 250 300 something like that yeah he's basically well, a she, she is rich so yeah, yeah that's true that's true i uh, i can kind of relate because like she's not gone out because she got a heartbroken and she doesn't go out anymore because of covid i've not gone out in like nearly a year and i've got a safe to the right of me with like nearly three grand in save from not going out so totally relatable by the way, uh, don't even try. I might go about places Vegas you were on about before with with that money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vegas is opening back up in May. Pretty much the casinos. Joe, do I have a sales opportunity for you? No, just <laughs> <laughs> for only a mere five thousand dollars, you can. No, okay. So back to the episode. <laughs> uh, the uh, quid. Is there any other like? What type of money? What's the currency? Give me like we have we have what uh, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, and then dollars. What's your guys' like change there? I'm just curious. Pound, pounds and pence. That's it. Or P. Interesting. P. Like, yeah, like P stands for pence, like twenty P piece. Okay, so P piece. <laughs> yeah. No, because like our coins are like America. We've got one P, two P, five P, twenty P. 50p and a pound. They're all the coins that we've got. Oh, and there's a two pound coin. I forgot about that. Because I'm not using money. I've not used money in like over a year, so I totally forgot about that. We used to have a two dollar bill they took out of yeah. currency, and then they bring it back every now and then limited editions. Like I see that shit. Like they'll fork out brand new two dollar bills to get popped out. Well yeah, our money's quite boring. All we've got is like pounds and pence. Do you call the Two pound coin toonies like Canadians. No, no, we just Damn. we're boring. It's like, God, we must be boring if we're like getting outquirked by Canadians. <laughs> you're not taking advantage of the fact that your money sounds like penis, so you get pee pee. You got the pee pee. Yo, give me twenty pee pee. Twenty pee, guy. I have more pee pee in my pocket than you. <laughs> See, there you go. Use that one. I got more PP in my pocket than you. I and then if somebody gets twenty pen piece, guy, <laughs> yeah. guy. Hey, that's uh, has South Park done a lot of. Um, I mean, other than this episode, this was really their only British episode, right? Like uh, I've not seen them. Yeah, up until the royal wedding. Well, that the royal wedding is Canadian. Oh, true. As is tradition. As, as, tradition. as, is, as is tradition. So yeah, this I mean, is yeah, they're Canadian, British. but this is really the only time they do British. So 
It's interesting. And they didn't really depict them in like a a mannerism in which they do Canadians. They, you know, they stayed pretty true and nice to them, you know, even though Mr. Athers admits that, uh, you know, that they may not look the best looking. Well, that's where it leads to Mr. Pip as he, Mr. Pip Pip, as he ends up in Miss Havisham's house and he walks to the gates. He sees uh, Mr. Pocket, which he'll get to knowing later, playing in the fountain, butt naked. And he walks up to the door, knocks on the door, is escorted up to Miss Havisham by a little girl as he finds out that the little girl's name is Estella. And she berates him as they're walking through the mansion, calling him different British slang and different terminology. You guys have some really funny slang. Like, Joe, why do you guys get – Mr. Why, yeah, why do you guys get cool slang and we don't, Mathers? Who are you? I've come to answer the wanted. Is that so, you smelly little bastard? What? This way, you pathetic squirt of vaginal discharge. This way, you beef-witted shriveled-up monkey's penis. Up here, you gamey mass of baby vomit. In here. <clears throat> After you, miss. I'm not going in there, you stupid puddle of a homeless man, Yorin. I don't think we do. I mean, if I'm being honest, because, like... I'm northern, so we're far more like civilized. No, God, no, oh. the opposite. Far <laughs> oh. um, like we come up with just my favorite insult is "cunt." I mean, there's no getting away from it, and and that's and like see, really in America. Bad, it, that's like, like for women. Well, it's the, crazy. The thing is, over here, over here, no word of a lie. Me and my wife will be like, "Oh, you're acting a little bit cunty, aren't you?" All right, cunty <laughs> and things like that. And, like, there's, there's other stuff like wanker. That's quite a good one, uh, which just oh. means chron- chronic masturbator, um, which everyone's a wanker. I don't know why people get upset over that. It's just facts. Yeah, I find it interesting that you guys, like, are just so – I don't know. It's – you guys don't care about the the actual word, like because as, as you're saying, they're women here. Because guys don't, I mean, guys don't care. We'll say the word kind. That doesn't bother us. It's more or less we don't say it around women um, or people that we respect, respect. We, or people we respect, if you will, out of their, I guess, I know emotional attachment to the word. Yeah, I mean, I'm not emotionally attached to any word in general, but even so much so, it, it's weird that 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 one word now even in 2021 still seems to hit a nerve you know what i mean yeah At least i mean it is bad course. over here but i think it's like the younger you are the less of a big deal it is well and that goes for both that goes for both sexes yeah or all sexes an issue over here in the uk than anything to be honest i mean over here with television like after 9 p.m., you could probably get away with having that word said on television. Okay. Like we've got something called we got something called the watershed, and like there's no uh, swearing, sex, or violence before 9 p.m. And then basically after 9 p.m., it's more or less anything goes, apart from like full on <laughs> ex hamster shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna get any like midget porn on the BBC or anything like that. Scoop's laughing because no, that's, that's how what it used Channel to be. Four is for. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. What? Yeah, Channel Four. Damn right. 
that's how it used to be here in America. If you guys recall back in the day, we used to have that kind of style where you couldn't even show certain specific commercials, certain cuss words couldn't be used after a specific time. So basically what Joe is telling uh, Mr. Adler is saying is uh, the Brits over there kept those great moral values and didn't be or weren't dehumanized or as South Park like to say, we didn't lower the bar. Um, cause we continue to lower the bar and lower the bar over here. <laughs> I mean, pretty much you can find anything on now, day or night. It does not matter. Um, when it comes to type of content, whether it be vulgarity, sexual nature, it's crazy. When it comes to like the news over there where you live, do you like show people getting shot or do you oh, like yeah. not show it? Oh, they show, well, they don't show the like, zoomed in but they will show from afar like here's actual footage and it'll be like can you hear it and then the person falls and stuff like that right oh, like, they we, we never ever show anything like that but like show like example the only thing i can really remember was like columbine high school they okay. like showed the footage and they showed like a bomb exploding inside the the cafeteria but they like paused it the instant that the bomb flashed they wouldn't show anything else and they showed literally nothing from it right and that's how they covered columbine the columbine shooting from out here but like when um what's his face uh allegedly or whatever i'm not trying to get too political right now shot the three guys up in wisconsin like they showed those videos but like matt was saying it wasn't like Joe, I or anything like that. Well, if you want, we can get darker though, because Joe, I saw. Well, I was just going to say, last year I saw that guy. I, 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 Ben sent it to me, and I watched it. I saw the footage of that guy who went on that mosque rampage, where he just showed up in the all the mosques. Yeah, they they literally showed where he was going to shoot, and then they paused it over here on the news. Oh. We saw everything, dude. Like, it's crazy what gets out here. I mean, it's not going to be replayed, but they will show it at least once or twice that first night to give you an idea of what actually happened. Um, um, but anyway, we're, as we said, guys, not our favorite episode of A Great Expectation. Which is why we keep talking about everything but the episode. Right. right. <laughs> like, if you know where to look, you can find Bud Dwyer killing himself on uh, American Oh, that's it, that shit's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, it's still on YouTube. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't hey, seen man, that. nice shot. <laughs> okay, uh, so she's berating Pip as they're walking up the stairs to meet Mrs. Havishire. Um, he find, he gets the job essentially, and uh, you know she berates him, he berates him, and she t- uh, Miss Havishire sneakily tells Estella, uh, "We'll break his heart because that's the whole goal of her life now is to break men's hearts." So. Unfortunately for Pip, he has to spend time with Estella. And, you know, Estella was like, oh, we're going to play a game. And Pip's like, oh, what kind of game? She's going to call the hit you over the head with this wood or whatever. This, uh, this heavy log. This heavy log. And, oh, I love that game. I play it all the time with my sister. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Pip's like, yeah, <laughs> my favorite game. So they do that throughout the different cutscenes as they show Pips. They do a montage. That's gone. Montage. Montage. Even rocking at a montage. Montage. Last week's episode. Shout out to one of my favorite cover artists right now, Andrew Soto. 
who covered that song. It was our outro song. And he's also covered other songs on his uh, YouTube. So go check him out. Hey, uh, uh, Ian. Uh, do you... <laughs> do you know where I can get a cool t-shirt? Uh, yeah, actually, I do, my brother. Check it out at bakedboysclub.com for all that apparel that you need. Baked Boys? Big Boys. Yeah, bakedboysclub.com, guys. You can go there for all your awesome, like, huh? stuff. Yeah, and, like, you'll see some t-shirts and hats. Dude, they got this box. You get a mystery box. It's like 30 bucks, bro, and you get a bunch of t-shirts, hats, no stickers, way, bro. like big boys. So, like, for all your apparel needs, go to big boys, dot, big boys club, <laughs> big boys club, and get yourself some stuff, and you'll be baked. And if you use the code SUCKMYBALLSPOD, you're going to get 15% off your order. So, like, even if you're baked, and when you make an order, we're going to save you some money. So, visit thebigboysclub.com. Again, that's thebigboysclub.com. Bigboysclub.com. Use the code SUCKMYBALLSPOD. Big Boys, not just a brand. It's like a lifestyle. Yeah, so they did a little bit of montage with here, Pip spending time uh, with Estella. And then eventually, a couple weeks into it, he gets an offer, or I guess not a couple weeks into it, but the passage of time, he gets an offer to be trained to be a gentleman, Mr. Athers. Is this still very popular as far as etiquette? Do you do you guys, do people heavily rely on being a gentleman? I mean, under the crown of the queen. No. Okay. Nobody gives a fuck about that kind of shit. Um, all of this stuff is very upper class. And as you can probably tell from my accent, I am not from down south. I'm not from near London. <laughs> London. Um, yeah, uh, it's very much a thing of the past. Although I can imagine being back in the 1800s when this episode is set, everything is kind of based off social classes in this country and the only way you could kind of work your way up from where Pip was back then was <clears throat> to kind of fake it to make it so to speak try and get that aura of having a higher class than he was actually born with if we're actually taking this episode seriously I can't What's, believe I'm taking this episode seriously. Yeah, you got to do it. What do you, what do you, I'm just curious from a media perspective since I was thinking about it. You know, here in the United States, obviously, and I can't speak for how the rest of the world sees us because I'm not well versed in that nature, but mm. from a media, from media perspective, do you feel like American media dominates most of your media or do you guys have a very thriving entertainment industry itself? I think. From the outside looking in, it's very easy to see. And if I was American, I would probably think that as far as media goes worldwide, that America was probably the world leader. Um, whereas, in fact, it's actually India. <laughs> Bollywood is huger in terms of sales and pure numbers than Hollywood. Purely Beijing's because jumping up, too. They they have a population of over a billion people. So going just off the numbers, you know, doesn't matter about quality. America might make better films. Well, 
kind of depends. Well, let me narrow down the question. Do you guys have big media celebrities in the UK? I guess is what I, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. Americans I mean, don't even know about really, let's say. Um, yeah, but I'd say that was mostly down to cultural references. Like in the UK, the main programs are hmm. kind of like oh. our soap operas are very popular. Like mm. if I said Coronation Street or EastEnders to you, it probably wouldn't mean much. But they're like two of Downtown the Abbey? I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, Downtown Abbey's probably like as far as an export. And Doctor right. Who, I suppose, that's quite right. a big export as well. Um, I'm trying to think of like global brands from the X Factor and like the voice and shit like that, I suppose. You what can I have... us for that kind of I... shit. And to let me fine tune the question even more, then it has nothing to do with South Park Scoop or Joe. If I move to the UK, can I become a big celebrity because I'm American? Do I have a better opportunity? I guess this is what I'm getting at. Oh, what? The, the whole exotic stranger type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I okay. don't know. I mean, if what about can, Scoop? I mean, he's sexy and chiseled. Would he? If James he better... Corden can go to America and become <laughs> a fucking megastar, then any no talent bomb can to be honest so right. you're saying there's a chance exactly i mean it sounds funny to say but i actually used to really like james corden when he was in a sitcom over here in the uk called gavin and stacy which was like really funny but then he just he he's just disappeared up his own ass and i'm glad like- i'm glad he's your problem and not ours it's, I mean, from a financial standpoint, I would have to, I, I'm only assuming that America's got a bigger media than the UK, but I would assume. Oh, if of course, it, term- only, it, it only, you know, stands the reason your Florida is bigger than the UK. So, you know, it's going to have more resources. Would you, what would you say is the richest actor, like a normal actor makes in the UK, maybe seventy-five, dollars $100,000 a year? Is that, would that be polite to say? You want about by purely staying in the UK and not getting on a global right. Like, I'm just thinking like your own area. I was curious. Like like staying in the UK because obviously you've got people like Dame Judi Dench, Patrick Stewart, Daniel Day Lewis. They've all right. done you know quite well for themselves. But if, if you're talking about people from the UK, you're probably looking at your presenters. Okay. They probably make the most money. There's um. A double act over here in the UK called Ant and Deck, and they literally present fucking everything. Like Ant and Deck Saturday Night Takeaway, which is like a light entertainment Saturday night program. They present our version of Survivor, which is called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Um, yeah, they they like present loads of really shit programs, but they absolutely rake it in. Yeah, presenters seem to be the way to go these days, especially with Netflix stuff. I've been watching that show Blown Out. You were talking about glass floors earlier, and I've been addicted to that. But uh, Pip, fucking these shows get addicting. You watching it? Um, and then there's that there's that one the the British show where they there it's the shop and they 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 fix shit and they re uh, like. They, they, people will bring in like heirlooms that have been broken and stuff, and it's a bunch of British like a restoration Welsh show. Okay, yeah, I forget what it's called though, but it's so I got so addicted to it, dude. I get so addicted to watching just YouTube videos of like this guy called Odd Tinkering 
where he's, I think he's got to be Indian because um, that's what his accent sounds like. And he just like finds old consoles and electronics and fixes up, cleans them, makes them all sparkly. It's it's great. Well, speaking of being fixed up, making them all sparkly and trying to be looking great, Pip goes off to gentleman's school as we he gets a uh, anonymous donation. Uh, wink, wink, from someone in the episode, um, and uh, is sent off to gentleman's school. And who does he get a roommate with? It's Mr. Pocket himself. So there, Mr. Pocket explains the backstory on Mrs. Haversham and her love life and being heartbroken and scorned, while Pip is trying to remain being a gentleman at the table, first eating with a knife, then sticking his napkin in the tumbler, as they said, uh, then uh, whipping out his wee-wee and checking for scabbies, as well as farting, too. And the story ends, Pip, with me suggesting that one should never pull out that wee-wee and check it for scabs whilst at the table. Terribly sorry, Pocket. Not at all, I'm sure. <laughs> all yeah, things that are scabbies. not gentlemanly. All things that are not gentlemanly. <laughs> so, quite, I'm sure. Quite, I'm sure. Mr. Pocket explains to Pip all about this. So after a couple of weeks, Mr. Malcolm McDowell, the narrator, uh, mentions that Pip was ready to return to see his beloved Estelle. So he asks, he returns. Miss Havisha uh, shows Pip that she too has gone off to be a lady. Got a little bit of a, a makeover. Gives him a picture so that way he can wank off to it later. And he decides that he's going to go off to the ball to try and win his love. So he goes off to this ball to try and ask Estella for to be his girlfriend. They do a little bit of a dance. I don't know if you noticed. This part was a little bit funny because in the background, some of the dancing was just weird. One of them, at one scene, the chicks were spanking the dudes. I didn't understand that dance. You no longer live with the blacksmith? Oh, I see Joe once in a while, but I don't have much in common with him anymore. Now that I'm a gentleman and all, naturally. Movement. Is that something you guys have vetted over there, Joe? No? Okay. It was just a very odd dance movement. Even Pip got his ass baked by her, too. It was just a very weird dance. Um, <laughs> just a very odd dance itself. So uh, while this is going on, Pip you know, kind of confesses his love to Estelle. And then Estelle reveals that she has a 17-year-old American boyfriend, by the way. He just pops up out of nowhere. Like, just a typical, like, sorry, babe, let's get out of here. Like, sticks in a typical 17-year-old American boyfriend named Steve, uh, who wears modern clothing, makes no sense. <laughs> and he's got a car. And he's got a car. <laughs> this is 1800. That made no sense. The first car wasn't even invented at least to at least the late 1800s, early 1900s. That was a, I don't, I don't understand. So, but apparently he's got a car. So now saddened, Pip goes to Miss Haversha's to only find out that she approved of Steve, that she had set this all up, and that upon learning Estelle was only using him to hurt Pip, even Steve's pissed. And then Miss Haversham explains that she, <laughs> that uh, she has to still break young boys' hearts to harness tears to power for her Genesis device. Haversham desires youth and wants to make the, use the machine machine. I'm sorry to switch bodies with Estella. She then sends robot monkeys to attack Pip. And I that again monkey. This, it's like they knew part of this story was boring, so they started trying to interject this stuff halfway through. Making all right, put Steve in there. He's an American. Yeah, throw some robot monkeys. <laughs> Fuck it. She's trying to build a machine to fuse oh, herself with Genesis. <laughs> like, monkey. Like, even they knew they only had a little bit to work with here. So I think they missed the trick with the Genesis machine. 
I think it should have been fired up with uh, Phil Collins doing the drum from In the Air Tonight. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been. How <laughs> they hear you calling in the air and on. Hold on. You'll be showing me. And the convict, the convict at the at the beginning could have been Phil Collins because he kind of looked like him a little bit. Kind of it does. would have wrapped it all up nicely. They probably just reused the same model and made them look a little bit different. So um Pip passes out after learning the news and escaping from the robot monkeys. He passed out in the street and when he wakes, he's found by his of course his older brother. I'm sorry, his uncle and Mr. Pocket. You have passed out on the street for three hours. And um, unfortunately, uh, Pip uh, realizes that Miss Havisham was trying to break his heart. And then he's told some great news that the anonymous donor, guys, was the convict at the beginning of the episode. So anyway, uh, he was the one who made the anonymous donation and set Pip off to make a a uh, gentleman who eventually will inherit some land. He explained to Pip he the reason why he did that was Pip treated him as an equal when no one else would. And because of that, when he became rich, he was now – apparently he became rich really quick, about 15 minutes. And now he is going to fund Pip for the rest of his life. Uh, Pip's got a sugar daddy. Where's my sugar daddy? Uh, so <laughs> – Pip now says Not we gotta all, kick. I'm sure. We gotta kick her ass. Uh, meeting Miss Miss Havisham, so they go to Miss Havisham's house, back to her house, and she's all set up now with the Genesis, with a bunch of boys all hanging upside down, who used to be Estella's boyfriend. Um, and uh, unfortunately for the boys, they just have given up. They, no matter what Mister Pocket does to try and make them laugh. He can't prevent them from crying, and the whole unit is powered by tears. So, unfortunately, this, it, it starts up. But while this is going on, Pip is trying to explain to Estella that you do have a heart, that you can be convinced that uh, you know that you can be a good person. And he does this by giving her bunnies. Where does he get all of these fucking bunnies from, too? Mister Pocket? He explains pocket, that. Yeah. He explains that. So uh, he gives her the bunnies and he explains to her <laughs> that only a person with no heart would be able to kill these bunnies. And she starts killing and these she bunnies. Does. <laughs> she kills these bunnies one by one by one, a total of 25 times. <laughs> and so on the 26th time, she finally goes, I'm tired of doing this. And, but, and Pip's like, oh, see, you do have a heart. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe I could do it. No, no, no. You, you said you have a heart. Come with me. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, Estelle jumps out of the chair and just uh, having some fuses with an empty box, I guess. And she dies. And that's how the episode ends with apparently Pip and uh, Estella are now going to be a thing. And uh, Pocket asks for his bunnies back. Never gets his bunnies back. <laughs> and uh, they end up the episode with Malcolm McDowell declaring that everyone lived happily ever after except for Pocket, who died of hepatitis B. Um, so that was the episode recap there. A little bit long-winded, of course, for us normally to get through that. But uh, as we mentioned, this episode 
was oh this episode sucked i hate it i hate this episode it's a dumb episode god Guys, there's no what did Kenny say. It's a pip fucking episode. He haven't figured that out this this week. So there is no our weekly what did Kenny say. Sorry, I haven't got to do it in a while. So right? it's been like three weeks. I know. Fuck, Kenny hasn't getting a lot of episodes. Ah, there's some bullshit. Not getting scratch. So scoop, why don't you start us off with some trivia? We don't have much here either. And then Joe, finish the references to pop culture. This is the first. You know, oh, and I was going to say, and anybody feel free to interject after we read the, the note. You know, whatever. Yeah, after. Yeah, let him read the note. <laughs> this is the first episode to not feature any of the main characters. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's hip. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the first episode to not feature the satirical disclaimer at the open. The episode remains relatively faithful to Dickens' great expectations until the introduction of the Genesis device. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Really? (sighs) Pip's head is shaped slightly different in this episode. This episode is often considered to be one of the least popular episodes in the series, and Stone and Parker have admitted that they do not think highly of this episode either, ranking in their own bottom 53 episodes. I'm trying to see like what, like what fifty two they think are worse than this that it's in their bottom fifty three. That's a very specific it's number. I know they didn't like that episode. So. Yeah, but the reason why they're saying they're bottom fifty three is they're not a big fan of the first three seasons. So like uh, right there is a lot of your bulk. Like yeah, they've gone back. They've gone back and said if they could rewrite it, they wouldn't. They would remove the first three. Ah. They didn't feel like they started hitting their stride till this season because that's when this season started the full, like actual linear story, rather than having three separate stories. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but continue on their last thing, their scoop. It is theorized that this episode was made to give Pip his send off, as Butters had recently been introduced. Fuck you, Pip. Goodbye. Hit the road, Pip. Um, References to pop culture. When Pocket says, I also may point out that it's not proper to pull out your wee-wee and check it for scabs at the dinner table. This is a reference to the DVDA song, I've Got Warts on My Dick. I've Got Warts (laughs) on My Dick. dick. (laughs) It's such a good song. Um... (laughs) One of the blacksmith's creations, one of Joe's creations in the open of the episode is a metal orange, which is a nod to Malcolm McDowell, who first gained fame in Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. Malcolm McDowell also reflects on the film and his character, Alex DeLarge, when he describes himself as your humble narrator with a terrible, well, my, mine was a terrible Cockney accent. His is actually pretty decent. Your humble narrator. Um, and then uh, Tony Blair is called the King of England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was and a bull held by Tony Blair, the King of England. And Blair, of course, was the prime minister of England when the episode was made. Uh, before um, we go on, I have a question. Uh, was Tony Blair an excellent prime minister of England, Mr. Hathers? 
better than the dollar store Trump fuzzy head cunt that we've got now. Oh, the Donald Trump equivalent? Yeah. John Torres. Fucking useless. <laughs> I mean, the, the, like, one of the first things he did when we were having like daily corona briefings was like, oh, yeah, sir, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, I've been in hospitals today. Uh, I've been shaking hands with, with people who, who have coronavirus. And three weeks later, we ended up in ICU with <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> Our fucking leader. His name is Boris, oh. though. That's so cool. Boris, hey, anyway. You know what, as well? He was fucking born in America. Oh, my God. Really? It's all your fucking fault. You can yeah. do that? I can go over to your country and run it? You can do a better yeah. job than this guy. My you know? arm is, like, breaking out in hives. Oh, oh. man. This PIP episode's not good. <laughs> no. It's hepatitis B. Oh, yeah, shit. it's definitely hepatitis B. Yeah, yeah. hepatitis B. <laughs> I Martin. mean, if it were hepatitis oh. C, it would kill everything else in the body, but that's a different Did shit. you work out and then not take a shower? No, but I, oh. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe sweat. Yeah, it is hotter over there. Johnson was born in the Upper East Side of New York. Oh, God. What the fuck? See, then I could totally be the prime minister of the UK. Um, that being said, I have one more question, and this has nothing to do with any episode of South Park, but I have to feel like I ask you now. Is there anybody over there named Burger Meister Meister Burger? I haven't met him yet, but there could be. You never know. There are some strange named people. Uh, the one thing I will say okay. is before, you know, I just wanted to lay this to rest before I go on my merry way. Uh, there is no such thing as a British accent. It is either an English accent, a Scottish accent, or a Welsh accent, or Northern Irish. Uh, British accents, you, you've got your typical either posh London accent, which is kind of like Pockets or, or Miss Havisham's. Uh, you're like uneducated Southern accent, which is very much like Joe the Blacksmith's. Uh, Scottish, uh, you only have to look as far as like Drew McIntyre from WWE or Shrek as right. your point of references. Um, Welsh <laughs> is a little bit harder because, like, I don't know many famous Welsh people. Uh, there's Catherine Zeta Jones, I suppose, is the only famous like Welsh person yeah, you might know. Whatever. She's pretty um, much American now. Um, a lot of people get mixed up with, like, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Northern Ireland is the one that's counted as British. Uh, the Republic of Ireland is very much their own place. Uh, the Republic of Ireland accent is very much like, um, you know, like a lullaby, like kind of like your leprechaun. Ooh, ta-dee, ta-dee, ta-dee. Whereas the, the Northern Irish accent is very, like, kind of harsh and like, hey, you, I know your name kind of thing. So, oh, like more boondock saints. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Or if you're a wrestling fan, fit thinly. Okay. But that's a, yeah, that's there's no such thing mm. as a British accent. I just thought I'd, I'd clear that up. Because oh, we I all like hate it. each other. We're, we're, we're Great Britain, but we can't fucking stand each other. Especially England. Everybody hates England. Uh, as much as like the Scots might help hate the Welsh, and the Welsh might hate the Northern Irish, uh, they are all unified in their hatred towards England because we are the absolute fucking dirt worst. 
Before you finish up here, Joe, with the music pop culture stuff, I have a follow-up question to that. You know, I saw that there was, uh, I guess, a con- some concern in, let's say, in France, which I was not England, but I wondered if it had translated over to UK. And that being there has been a lot of homogenized American culture society that has been infected into that part of the world, that Western, our Western mentality, whether it be politics or religion um have you seen more of an influx of that in your part of the maybe geographical location over the years i can't really say much because most of the media that i consume is kind of from that side of the world i mean obviously i've got my favorite british stuff that i enjoy watching um as far as british films i think that on the quiet we've got a very good film industry there's lots of really, really good underground British films that you guys won't have heard of. Uh, there's an actor slash director called, oh, his name bloody escapes me now. I watched two of his films the other day. Uh, Paddy Considine, um, he's like plays a very small part in The World's End, which Simon Pegg's in. Um, and he's a really good director and actor in his own right. And he's made some great films such as Dead Man's Shoes, um, Journeyman, which is the story of a, a boxer who has one last fight, ends up winning but getting a brain injury and has to learn how to walk and talk and kind of win his wife and daughter back. Um, as far as American media goes, I think because the world's a much smaller place now, what with the internet and everything. I mean, here I am talking to you guys who are American. You've got all of these streaming services like right. Amazon, Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, etc., etc. I think it's just a lot easier now to consume content, not just from America, but for all over the world. I guess from I guess my question because I mean America we're so literal we take so many things literal over here where a lot of hmm. things whether it be from a media standpoint end up being injected into our day to day lives whether that be in on reality via phone or just having normal conversations right and I know that like from a political standpoint over the last four years we've had this kind of unearthing of this uh for these individuals we'll say half the country who thinks yeah. one side has that sort of political mindset of uh, i don't know i don't want to say use i don't want to put them all in one blanket statement and say all right but or white or white is right or anything like that but has that style of uh, america or, or our country our way type of mentality been infected into your society kind of i mean twitter on Facebook and basic social media is kind of like an echo chamber. So you can't really gauge the right. actual reality of things just by logging on to Facebook or scrolling through your Twitter. Um, but I'd say there's definitely like, there's, there's two camps. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'll go on record and say I'm very much left wing. I think that, if people are fleeing from a country that's in the shit, then as long as they're going to contribute to the society and not just come over here and and not work and drain, you know, benefits, more power to them. I'm also like, you look at some of the right wing stuff 
And it's it's bad on both sides. I think you've got extremists on both sides. I don't think that everybody that votes Republican is racist. Just by the same right. token, I don't mm. think everyone that votes Democrat is whiter than white. I think you've got good people and bad people on both sides of, of each political divide. I think that the media is, you know, very easily swaying people's, you know, beliefs in both sides. Right. I, pers- I personally think that, like, people are going to vote for who they feel are going to help them out the most. And I don't think that makes them a bad person. That's basically mm. my... I can't stand the fucking government that's in charge over here in the UK. Unfortunately, they won by a landslide. Unfortunately, the guy that took over the opposition party is fucking worse than the last guy that was in opposition. That sounds about so America no matter, here. So no matter how bad the fucking Boris Johnson and their mob are, we've got no chance of getting the opposition in party because they're just... They're basically kissing Boris Johnson's ass during this whole pandemic and not holding him to account. So, yeah, I know that I've kind of gone around in a fucking circle there on your question, but no, I think that, that to put things bluntly, social media is a fucking echo chamber and it doesn't, it does not reflect the actual feelings of the majority of people. Hence, when you look at who got voted in. Right. No, I, both, I agree. On both sides of the pond, not just it's, over here in the UK. I, it's almost like you guys are going through the, the Trump syndrome that we had to go through. So it's it's very interesting. But Joe, finish up the references mm-hmm. to pop culture with some music here. Talk about that music. At the beginning and end of the episode, Spring from Vivaldi's Four Seasons plays, which is also kind of a uh, tongue-in-cheek rip on Masterpiece Theater. Um Which, yeah, yeah, if anyone is familiar with public television and all that fun crap. Um, When Pip first enters the Havisham Estate, Box Invention Number 2 in D minor is playing. And as Pip waltzes with Estella, Dance of the Clogs from the opera Zar und Zimmermann, or the Zar and the Carpenter, and Strauss's Anin Polka are played. All right. Well, there's your references to pop culture, your trivia, and your full recap. Just to wrap up this episode here, we got a couple things left here. Uh, just our top likes and dislikes, and guys, there is not much. So, Joe, go ahead and tell us your top likes. Um, it's kind of sick, but the cracking sound and the squeals the baby mu- the baby bunnies make when <laughs> Stella breaks their necks. I think that's the only thing I have listed here that is a like that isn't something that one of the three of us doesn't hit on. Yeah, or isn't just a complaint. Um, of course, I liked. Uh, you know, I'm a British person. That was I guess, that was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we. I think we all liked that. I mean. Yeah, Uh, we all, of course, Joe put down here that we got through the episode and literally everything before and after this will be better in the series. I I don't disagree. The only other one that I really don't like besides this episode, I like it'll be a while is um, Stanley's Cup, the hockey episode. Not a big fan of that episode. Oh, I love that episode. Not a big fan of that episode. So that's probably about the next one where I go, I don't really like this episode. Uh, But that's a while away. That's a ways away. That's yeah, that's season 10. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, the last thing here you already mentioned, uh, it's kind of sickening. And we already said Malcolm McDowell. And of course, when it ended and then our the only dislike is the whole episode. So um, <laughs> that's that's our only dislike. Joe, did you have any top moments you like? We'll let you talk now. Um, yeah, the bit where Malcolm McDowell's uh, reading what a pocket talking to how to become a gentleman. I just like how one of the throwaway throwaway lines was to eat box. <laughs> uh, anything you disliked heavily? I mean, do you, I mean, is there anything you when people watch this episode, you go, you watch this episode, you go, man, this is fucking bullshit. Um. I don't think it was very true to uh, Dickens' vision of great expectations <laughs> with, the, with the Genesis device and the monkeys. That's, that's, that's fair. That is a fair argument. Uh, Scoop, Not one for the purists. Right. You've been a little quiet over here. I know you always seem to have a little bit of a... I don't know what's going on over there, but what did you think, Scoop, of this episode and your final closing thoughts? Give us the Scoop rant here. I need something, Scoop! No, this episode was trash. This is one that you gobble up into a little ball and throw it away. Um, if you're if you're on like a whole like watch through, this is one that you skip. This is one that I would definitely tell you. It's one that you skip. You know, there, it pertains to nothing. It's basically Pip getting thrown off the show because we don't see him after this, right? Right. There's and only were, yeah. For the most the, part, I mean, he might be in background, and then he gets killed in episode two hundred one. But that's about it. Got Barbara Streisand. Next Streisand. And isn't there? Yeah, never mind. But yeah. And yeah, on the whole skipping thing, you're right. Because if I'm watching on DVDs or I'm watching on a binge or something, the second I see Malcolm McDowell come up, I'll wait for him to say, hello, I'm a British person. And then I skip it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I I'm would British. rather I would rather I would rather sit through the April Fools edition not without my anus episode than watch this again cuz at least in the not without my anus that you get craft dinner. That's what yeah. I'm craft And like as Oh, long I as... like to read, I like to sodomize me what my daughters or whatever that guy it's so fucked and, up and funny. I mean as long as like you don't remember the whole not without my anus thing supposing supposed to be who is Cartman's father not without my anus is actually entertaining this has like no redeeming quality whatsoever there is none there's no redeeming quality other than the fact that it is a Charles Dickens story and you got the basic cliff notes so um i think we would all agree that this is in R bottom five 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 five. This is number three oh eight for me. Number three oh eight for Scoop, and this is number three oh nine, I guess, for JV. Yeah, th this is literally my worst episode in the series, and it's so far below everything else in the series. It's not even worth mentioning. Not even worth mentioning. I didn't know uh, we were counting three oh nine. Nine months three oh nine. Shit, fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Technically, Joe, still have to pay, but... yeah, Joe, Mr. A.V. Uh, let me ask you. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you rank this in the bottom half of the South Park podcast? I'm going to suck my balls. I'm sorry, of South Park shows. 
Uh, yeah, probably. I wasn't a big fan of it, even though it had British people in it. Still wasn't enough to push it over the top for me. Yeah, it's pretty... Like you say, you, you, you might as well have just uh, done the whole Simpsons did it and had a... Pip was killed on the way to his home planet come up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Pip's dead! Yay! And here's the sworn affidavit, kids. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do us here for another episode of Suck My Balls. We've lended your ears long enough. I'm your host on the scene of the air is clean. I'm lighting up green, your boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Trihaffer. Each and every week, I host Light the Fuse, an AEW review podcast with Benami and Chris Silvio. Let's check out the podcast, New Force Order, I produce, as well as patreon.com slash Stevie Ray T. Joe, do you have anything to say before we go? Everything I've been plugging the last week is actually all more or less happening this week, okay. which means it'll have all happened by the time this airs. Yeah. Uh, although we do have the Alpha 9 coming up on March 20th, you can still get tickets for that. We'll have video available on all that fun stuff soon. Um, IZW, DCW, uh, Primos Pro Wrestling, all that fun crap. And yeah, um, yeah. All right, sounds good. Scoop, do you have anything to say before we kick it over to Joe before we go? Uh, Stuck My Balls podcast is Diamond Hands, baby. That's right. Um, and Mr. Adlers, we thank you so much for being here today on Check My Balls. Is there anything you'd like to plug or put over before you leave? Because you are a uh, British person. I am a British person. Hello. Um, no, there's nothing <laughs> that I want to uh, plug or put over. All I'll say is... Uh, Wear a mask, get a vaccine, or don't, and just be tolerant of people that don't want to do that shit because they're not, they're you know, they're not your fucking dad. Just live your own life, do what you want, but be tolerant of other people's beliefs. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the great uh, send off here. If you don't like us, fuck you. If you love us, we love you. Check, We out. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 